The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, and our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Doc Rivers is determined to shove it right up our fucking asses by playing DeAndre Jordan, whether we like it or not. Just really incredible. So we'll talk about that. Uh, before we get going, wanted to send our uh, love and uh, support to Fred Burns, a Ricky listener who is uh, going through some tough times with his uh, with his son right now. Uh, didn't want to say specifically what's going on, but uh, we wanted to send our love out to Fred and his family and uh, and all them. I'm sure you will get through all of it. Um, without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose plus minus was slightly better than DeAndre Jordan's in slightly less playing time. That is one Mike Levin. It was better. Yeah. It would have been better. It is better now. I'm going gonna, gonna to play like shit during this podcast, and, and yet it will <laughs> still be better. Can I, can I, I, I need you to see a quote that CJ just told me about right okay, before. I've seen nothing after the game, so I just okay. finished it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the quote for the listeners because we're, we're doing this live on youtube so everyone sees it the quote if you're listening to this pod that mike just saw <laughs> shout out to guy carlin the quote i don't know what the context is we like dj we're gonna keep starting him whether you like it or not it's oh man it's like parody so fucking funny yeah Usually, whether you like it or not, we're going to keep doing this thing would be directed at the opponent. In this instance, the opponent likes it. I can confirm that the other team likes that they're starting DeAndre Jordan and playing him uh, significant minutes. Doug Rivers fucking hates us so much. He really does. He truly does. Um, he is, look, here's, here's the deal. Yeah. Miami is a tougher team. They're a smarter team. They have better shooters. They're faster as a whole. They're better coached. They have home court advantage and they have more experienced players since the, especially with their recent sure. finals run. The Sixers have Joel Embiid. And now they don't. Mm-hmm. So they're they're it's just not a very good roster, the Sixers, especially when they lose their best player MVP candidate. Yeah. Like Best player on offense, just, best player on defense. Yeah, yeah. it's just they're yeah. just not very good. Like, there's straight up look around. And you're like, a lot of these guys. There's a couple lineups that are playing during the game. You're like, 
There's, there's no no way this lineup should be a playoff lineup, let alone a second round of the playoffs lineup. And Doc has limited things to do at his disposal. For sure. And and there were things that they did tonight that were like interesting, compelling, making it work, trying to figure it out. I thought there was a there was a quote about in the huddle on the TNT broadcast. There's no there's no more local broadcast, right? In the second no, round, there is not. Okay. Um, there was a in the huddle. Doc talks about Doc was like, we're gonna we're not only gonna survive their press, we're gonna score off of their press, which I think is yeah. smart and good. Yes, it was a and great quote for for an offense that has trouble getting going sometimes, uh, especially without Joel. It's necessary to get easy buckets in transition, and they did. Um, and yet. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Rivers is such a massive dickhead <laughs> that he is just determined. DeAndre Jordan is a horrendous basketball player. He is an absolute dog shit, worthless at this point, good at literally nothing on the court basketball player. No offense. At this point in his career. No offense. No personal. Some offense. offense. <laughs> I mean, if you put in any. If you put in, I'm trying to think of a of, of a retired big man who's not dead. I'm, I went to Moses and then Daryl Dawkins. And <laughs> you, if you put in Shaq right now, he'd be horrendous. It doesn't yeah. mean Shaq was a bad player in his prime, no, obviously. For sure. But like DeAndre Jordan is on the Shaq level right now. If you put in Shaq, he would give you what DeAndre Jordan is giving you. And they the beginning of the game, they were scoring so easily on him. It was embarrassing. Anywhere, the first five the minutes it of the was, game. It was absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. The fact that the Sixers came back at all is a real testament to some gumption that this team has that I wasn't sure that they had. And that is, there's a ballsiness to that. But like they are overcoming DeAndre Jordan minutes every single time he's in there. Every single time. And, And maybe on some teams that have, like Dallas, for example, which has like enough perimeter stoppers and a really good player in Luca that can manipulate the defense and just get him easy buckets. Like he, he could be somewhat playable there now, probably not, but like it'd be, it would be easier in Dallas because they have perimeter stoppers than it would be here. We don't have the Sixers don't have perimeter stoppers. They don't have enough of them. Danny God bless him is not at this point in his career, a guy that can stop penetration on the perimeter. Matisse is, but he only played like 12 non garbage time minutes. Um, Niang gets blown by. Tobias was, I thought, pretty great on defense, but still occasionally gets blown by. Harden is Harden. Maxi is small. Like, there's just not enough guys that can stop the ball. So you need someone back there. And that's why Joel is so good and, and so underrated on defense because you look around at this team and now, like, without him, they are absolutely hopeless. Uh, and they had to play zone, and the zone, to Doc's credit, worked for a while. But then the thing about a zone is that you give up a lot of offensive rebounds in a zone on a re- for a regular team, let alone for a team that is as physically weak, as uh, instinctually weak, as not as long, not athletic, not hustling for loose balls, a lack of do- of dogs entirely. Like, just it's and and you hope like okay, we're putting DeAndre in to at least clean up some misses here and there. He had two rebounds in seventeen minutes. Two rebounds in seventeen minutes. The- two rebounds. <laughs> In 17 minutes of basketball, as the biggest guy on the court who does nothing else well, who does well, that, absolutely nothing else well, you, he 
very obviously doesn't shoot. He very obviously can't cover the perimeter. He very obviously can't pass. He very obviously can't dribble. At well, the very I, least, you're thinking he can clean up some misses, and he can't because he's he's. I was on Andre Drummond for most of the year about being a fake rebounder, just his reputation being a little bit inflated because of the rebounding numbers. He's actually not a great rebounder of contested rebounds. That's true. DeAndre Jordan is so much worse of a rebounder than DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond at this point in his career. So much worse. And after the first couple of minutes, they have Niang on the bench. They show, they showed they cut to Niang on the bench just like talking to like a vacant DeAndre Jordan who got scored on like 18 straight times in the first like four minutes of the game. And you got to wonder Niang's like, well, just like, what are you, what are you good at? Like, just like go out there and like be good at whatever it is you're good at. Like anything would be really helpful if you could do that. And DeAndre's just like not, not moving or anything at all. It's, it's, it's a tough spot to put him in because obviously, like we've said, he got cut from like several teams. He, there's a reason why he was available for nothing. He's horrendous. He shouldn't be on the team and Doc shouldn't play him. And it's everybody's fault that he's even like in consideration at this point. It's a, it's fucking what an embarrassment This is worse than Greg Monroe. Unbelievable. Well, the, the thing about him is, is that you would expect you're like, well, you know what? He obviously he's, he's not good on switches. He, he can't match up on the perimeter, but at least, you know, he's, Seven no feet elite. tall and athletic, at least to protect the rims. No, nope, he's nope. like, he might be like six, two. If you actually measured him, like he might just look big, but like you can see him like, Oh fuck, he's only six, two. Like that's why he's not getting to literally anything and, ever. And we're giving, we're giving all of, of, of course, doc deserves a lot of the, the fuck you in this right now. And, and with the caveat that you led with, Hey, without Embiid, they are outmanned in this By a lot. billion percent for sure. But I just want to hearken back to when Daryl Morey said we're making too big a deal over minimum backup centers. Yeah. Just too big a deal over. He was wrong then and he's wrong now. Guess fucking what? It's not too big a deal. It's not too big a deal. Especially when you're, you're this guy is that you just need someone fucking playable. Is DeAndre Jordan might be Bob Volgaris tweeted, like asked when the last time DeAndre Jordan was at least a neutral player. DeAndre Jordan might be no offense. DeAndre Jordan might be the most in the, the, the competitive era of the process, the, the post Ben and Joel era, he may be the most negative player they've ever had on the court. I I think I, I don't, I can't think of a worse, a more negative than most of them are centers for sure. Unbelievable. Could be on there. The social second year, Amir. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. And Harden got him a couple, Harden got him one lob. I think Tobias maybe got, I forget who got him the other lob, but like, did you see the DeAndre Jordan attempt or not the DeAndre Jordan, the, uh, when Danny Green tried to throw him one, it was like early in the game. He tried to throw him a lob. Like, uh, it was like four feet away from the rim. It was really, really good. Maybe I thought, yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember. It was so good. I was hustling through the game. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, I was impressed that this team was winning. They were winning at halftime, right? They were up by mm-hmm. one or two. They were up by one. It's a remarkable, remarkable to be up that much. And and you can also look at it and go like they shot six of thirty four from three. If they shot twelve of thirty four, there's a decent. There's a they win this game. They they had so many decent looks that they missed. And then later in the game, they had a they were a bunch of contested looks that they missed. But like there were really good looks that they missed, and like. Sloppy turnovers that they just gave the ball away sometimes. And I thought Miami hit a number of tough shots. I'd have to go back. They're also, they also missed a couple easy ones. Like th- this, game was, this game was way closer than it had any right to be if you're Miami. And also the Sixers still could have won if like just a handful of things were even slightly more normal. Um, 
So that's so it's frustrating on the one hand that this was like Miami didn't play that well and this was the game that they could have stolen. And George Yang was 0 for 7 from 3. Maxi was 1 for 6. Danny was 1 for 5. Tobias was 1 for 4. Matisse was 0 for 2. Like 6 of 34 is is bad. Um, and they gave up, honestly. Yeah, I, so I said this, that um, zone defense, you give up offensive rebounds. They gave up every offensive rebound. The fact, I'm looking at the box score, it says 15 offensive rebounds. There's no way they only gave up 15 offensive rebounds. They gave up it, 15 offensive rebounds on one possession, I think. Easily. It was yeah. at least 30. I don't know where ESPN's <laughs> getting their mouth. It's, it's remarkable. Like, just every single shot that Miami put up, they were getting the offensive rebound of. Every single one. And, like, you just, in this game, when, when there's, they're at such a talent deficit, they're missing Embiid, they're missing their own shots. Like, you just need to clean up some rebounds, and they straight up didn't do any of that and it's they're just they're so they're at such a deficit in so many areas of this game that you just hope that like Harden fouls somebody out or Maxi catches fire or Tobias catches fire or one of the bench guys at least gets hot from three like you hope that you could like cobble together like Matisse getting a couple like pick sixes would have helped like they really could have won this game and Miami played pretty poorly except for Tyler Hero who had, who had a ton of tough shots um it's just without a beat, they're just, they're not a, they're barely a playoff team. We have a great quote from B-Ball Paul and an amazing, uh, st- no, not yet, not yet, CJ, please, please, not yet, not yet. Hold on, wait for after. And an amazing stat from John Schumann about DeAndre Jordan, right after I tell you about our friends at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let me see if the uh, game two line is up. The Sixers were seven and a half point dogs in this game. They are eight and a half point dogs in game two. If you're a new user, new customer. You can bet $5 on any team to win and get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. I'm begging my friends at DraftKings, our friends at DraftKings. We need Paul Reed uh, over-unders. We just we need Paul Reed over-unders for the same game parlay. I'm begging you, Max. I'm begging you, Ethan. I'm begging you, Mike. Everyone at, at DraftKings, I don't, I, don't make me show up at the office one day. We need Paul Reed over-unders. But otherwise, love love our friends at DraftKings. Uh, same game parlays they have. You could do 10-leg same game parlay for, for all you want. Um, and right now, if you place the same game parlay with three or more legs, you get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Bet five bucks on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code RTRS. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details also want to send a shout out to our friends at uh stateside urban craft vodka i was drinking the playoff motherfucker glass and my wife was was looking at it and she was like does that say motherfucker on it i was like yeah we sold t-shirts with that too uh, i was very proud of that so you can get the uh stateside the two glasses and the uh the playoff motherfucker one and the regular season bitch one plus a 750 milliliter bottle of stateside for just 49.99 uh go to our site Go to the link in uh, in the description of this pod to get it. Um, the quote from B-Ball Paul. Per Barry Jackson, 76ers Paul Reed, we can beat this team. If we keep them on their heels, they're going to fold. First of all, I love it. <laughs> bold. First of all, I love it. Uh, Very bold, yeah. I, I wish if you just replace this team with Doc and if we keep, <laughs> we replace on their heels with out of the gym. <laughs> 
and maybe out of the state. I think that is possible. No, it's not, it's not all Doc's fault. He is just being a dickhead. And the way that like, it's, it's mostly do they have, a, they have a chance here. They have a chance to win a game without Joel Embiid. If they yes. shoot really, really well. Yeah. They, they have do. to shoot really, really well. Yeah. I, the, and nothing that Doc does really is going to make a difference in that. If they shoot really, really well and Miami misses a couple shots, then like, and b Paul doesn't get in <laughs> as bad foul trouble as he did tonight. Uh, predictably, but again, even in a game where you're like, we're going to need more from Paul Reed. If this was an Embiid game, Paul Reed gave him 13 minutes. Use 5,013 minutes. It's f- totally fine. Would be it's fine. totally fine that he, he used 5,013 minutes. If Embiid was here, that would be great. I have no problem with that. We have other stuff to talk about. By the way, John Schumann, with DeAndre Jordan on the floor tonight, the Sixers were outscored by 71.5 points per 100 possessions. Felt like um, They scored 29 points on 33 offensive possessions the Sixers did and allowed 51 points on 32 possessions that's 1.59 points per possession and like more the last thing before we get to the other players but there's just no way I watch the guy play I know we don't watch him in practice I know there's just no way that Charles Bassey is worse than DeAndre Jordan no of course not of course there's just no way there's no way of course he's just he's just Doc Rivers being a fucking asshole about it I kind of respect the stubbornness there's just no way there's just no way that Charles Bassey is worse. Um, Where is, can I ask you something? Yeah. Is your dad, is your dad there? I'm sure. Oh no, in Miami, no. Okay. No, no. Can we send him down? You know, I'm not a big fan of your dad. Everybody knows I know, I'm a big but, fan of the kind of person he is. I would love to you don't, deputize kind of your dad. Maybe, maybe kind of reporter. You don't need, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say, I didn't say, as a, did I say as a person? Uh, I didn't mean, I didn't yeah, say, yeah, I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a big Howard Eskin fan. The, the entity. Right. Not my style, but, I would love to deputize Howard to to go down and just get into an argument with Doc on camera well, until he until they both explode. I would really I think that's exactly the reason why Howard exists on this earth is to give him shit for this horrible decision that he is he is being stubborn about. We have the we if Doc you want to be the most stubborn person in the world, we got another stubborn one for you right here in Philadelphia. <laughs> Send his ass down. Well, you know when Doc did the thing about all like defending his collapses in the playoffs. That was a Howard asking question. Sure. Like that's that was that's 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 I didn't know that, but that's not surprising. So game three, I think we need to deputize Howard and make him just no, an I'm, honorary. I'm, I want him down to Miami now. Get his ass there. <laughs> Get him on a plane. Somebody. All right. The other players. I think. Well, let's do Bebo Paul while we're here. We oh, yeah. here. I Bebo, he was. He was Wonderful. great. He was B-ball Paul. He's got this some is, I mean, you, Danny you really, Green to him. You really, you watch, you watch DeAndre and you're like, it is more and more, again, I, I, roster-wise, it, it, is, it is, you can't compare how much worse the Sixers roster without Embiid is to, than Miami's. You just can't compare it. It's, it's worlds different. But, so I'm not blaming Doc for everything, but B-ball Paul is so much more helpful of a basketball player than DeAndre Jordan. It is insane. And every single second on the floor that both of them are there, I get more and more frustrated that Doc wasted months and months and months playing other people instead of B-Ball Paul to get him ready. He, if he had more time to work through some of these issues, he would. Him, you can see him and Harden developing chemistry on pick and roll in the playoffs. This could have happened in February, in March, in April, and they, he just refused to do it and, and then continues to lie about it, about what had happened. He is such a dickhead. It is unbelievable. So B-Ball Paul, yes, absolutely fouls too much, bites on shit, 
and the refs are discriminating against him for his weirdness. Like we've established all these things. If you've listened to a podcast in the past couple of weeks, you've, I say this every single time, but going to zone to protect his fouls was helpful. Although Miami eventually figured it out, had a really, really nice catch in traffic. Yeah. Ball Paul did uh, on a, on a hardened pass where he had a nice tough lefty finish from him. He threw a lob to Tobias in transition that kicked ass. Um, he got a poke out in the perimeter that, that triggered a transition bucket for Matisse. He the lob to Tobias sh- in transition was, was awesome. It was awesome. It was an it was awesome, awesome moment. Yeah. And he didn't make mistakes in the sense of, you know, earlier in the season or some games still, uh, he dribbled the ball up court to like, just get it up court to keep it moving. Other times you're like, I don't know. Nobody let him do that. But like he was relatively as far as b-ball ball b-ball paul goes a fully not in control person just constantly looking out of control he was in control tonight he'd i mean he had nine rebounds in 13 minutes he had five offensive rebounds the only guy going for loose balls in the offensive glass that's hugely valuable he bites on shit too much he reaches too much sometimes he goes over a guy's back sometimes he he just like punched jimmy in the back of the head because he bit, bit so hard on a pump fake um I, the, the thing that is fine with me. And it's just something that like, he's just going to have to work through and always be an issue. You're seeing Jaron Jackson, who was obviously drafted well before, uh, B-ball Paul, um, and is older or not older, but has played more NBA minutes and is still working through, like not fouling as much. And he's maybe the best shot blocker in the league. Um, so it happens and it's just got something that young guys have to work through. And I, he's never going to be a starting center in this league, B-ball Paul. So I don't, I don't mind even the fouls in general, it's okay. Um, starting power forward, probably. Starting power forward, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's the things that frustrate me is like he is long and physical, and there's a couple times too many where he gets the ball down low and he goes up kind of weak. He'll like yes. fling a little like reverse lefty kind of thing or like go up with a baby hook or something. And I just need like some power dribbles and some like dunking on fucking guys. And if like if he can have the offensive game of like a you know, building towards a Rashawn Holmes type of thing where he's just like dunking everything in sight. Um, Cause he has a little bit more unconventional weirdness than Rashawn does. He can finish in, in interesting ways. Um, I would prefer to just like dunk on people's heads. And there's sometimes when he goes up a little soft. It was um, the Thad thing. Always wanted Thad Young dunk. Never did it. Yeah. Never did yeah, it the but, way you but wanted But Bebo Paul's bigger and, and longer and more physical than Thad ever was. So um, yeah, I, I really, I really thought Bebo Paul was good. Did he foul too much? Sure. But like he produced exactly like, this is exactly what you want out of him. He's switching on the perimeter. They were a minus three in a game where they lost by several dozen. Uh, it felt like he was just good. He was just he was just like totally fine. And I just get more mad that he wasn't playing earlier this season because he'd be better. So I think if you were, this was a game where if you were thinking to yourself, all right, now now with Embiid out. We have Harden here, and he's been pretty reserved. The played well, had some good games, had some, you know, quiet games. But now that Embiid is out, this is going to be an offense where where Harden's going to step in for a couple games and really carry them. Is not fucking going to happen. It's not going to happen. He had a couple of moments. He de- he actually, I was talking with MOC earlier. He didn't look particularly slow. No, he just doesn't look like he has a lot in them in him. Yeah. And I think. The heat. It was. It was interesting. The beginning of the game, they were they were full court pressing him. I was like, "Why are they doing that?" I think they're just trying to wear him out a little bit, and yeah. you know, because he just doesn't. He doesn't. He just doesn't have it, 
man. I mean, he's yeah. he is good. He is when when Embiid and Maxi are both on the court, and all he has to do is uh, the seventy percent of himself that he is at this point. He is fine, but he just he doesn't he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it to do that in a game. I don't think there might be a game or two where he's particularly hot. He hits a couple of more threes when he did. You know, maybe goes five of eight from three rather than two of seven, but it just, if you were waiting for it, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think, I think you're right that they were just tiring them out. Um, I think I was happy to see them pushing the ball Mm -hmm. because especially without Joel and when it's a B-ball Paul or a, or a non-center lineup, which they went to sometimes with like some effect occasionally, um, they can push the ball. They can get out in transition and, and try to like at least get some easy buckets that way. Um, but I do think your your point about it, it tiring them out. And plus a zone, people talk about like a zone like it's easier on defense. I I find a zone is way more physically taxing than man. Um I think you're you're constantly moving and shifting and having to having to like think and and move and it's like a lot of like short bursts of things and and like contest this and contest like all the time. Um, whereas in a man, you can at least be like kind of just hang with the guy if they're not if they're standing in the corner or whatever. Um, so I think all of that combined did make them look like really tired. And then that third quarter, Miami's obviously like notoriously in great shape because they're psychos, and uh, and they just look slow. And the Sixers are slow to begin with. So when they look even a step slower than slow, it's like may as well go home. Um, yeah. But Harden, I think I think you're, I, I was hoping to see a little bit more. I yeah. I wasn't assuming it would happen. I wasn't like banging my chest being like, here we go. This is what we got him for. I think Harden is a very good player still and he's very helpful and he's an incredible distributor and, and his presence on the court is generally a wild positive. But at this point in his career, he's just not, he can't be the guy anymore. And no. I think it's pretty clear. And Miami's a really good defense and all that stuff. But I think maybe maybe with a full healthy offseason and a commitment to this team or whatever, you know, with Joel and, you know, Harden finding like, okay, I have to get in shape for the last however many years of my prime or near prime I can I can wrangle here. Maybe. Maybe there's more to it, but like it seems like the rest of his career is going to be the like distributing step backs and like a bunch of driving into people's chests and occasionally getting called for charges on it. Um it's tough. I, I didn't think he played badly. He just wasn't as like he just wasn't what we needed. You, you, you needed more from him, and I think, I think he feels that. But he's still like a great passer. I think he only, I mean, he only had five assists, but I think that's partially because the Sixers shot six of thirty-four from deep. Um, so I think that that number could have easily gone up. But yeah, it's what, it's the the we know that the Sixers like <laughs> Embiid is the Sixers' best player by so much, and we see why. Like they're not <laughs> going to be able to do it. Without him, I mean, he. I mean, he did. He, yeah, I. I was hoping for more, but I wasn't necessarily expecting more. The stay in the backcourt with uh, Maxi, like, I'm. I'm torn on on Maxi, right? Because on on one end, he's 21. The, the you know every time you look at his stats, you realize the leap that he took this year, and he should have won Most Improved. He definitely should have. You realize the leap he took. But then you watch the games and you're like, man, these like out of nowhere bursts that last like four or six minutes. I just wish I could have two or three of them, you know? And cause it seems like he'll disappear for 
you know, large swaths of the game. And it's a shame they need him so much. So you have to be like critical of that. It was a hell of a time for his, the three to go away tonight too. You know, he took a couple of those ballsy four foot beyond the line threes that have been going down a lot and did not go down tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't, he was fine. I would have, have, have 19, 20 yeah, 19, points, something 19 like 19 on 15. Yeah. Which is fine. But he was, didn't really impact the game in other ways. No, I need, I yeah. need him, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan behind this is. I thought there was like too much, too much Tobias dribbling into stuff. Honestly, they missed, they missed a bunch of shots. Like the offense, if they hit three more shots from deep and still shoot like 22% from three, whatever, there's, it's still like, it's a much more serviceable game. You can look at this and, and think like, okay, that there's playable stuff. But I do think, as I've been saying, like Maxi's speed is, without him be like the only thing that they can leverage into good offense. Like maxi speed, which triggers Harden's passing, which triggers like Tobias's shooting and attacking and then Danny's shooting and Niang shooting, all that stuff. Like, but maxi speed needs to be there to open it up, whether it's opening it up in transition or in the half court or like just him taking the, taking a pick and roll and just turning the corner. Like I want, he just has to be the fastest player on the planet with the ball right now for them to have a shot in a, in a non beat game. He just has to turn the corner, and if he gets stopped, and they and they a guy comes over, either kick it out to the open man, or a lob or whatever, or or like pull it out and fucking do it again, like get get another screen and turn the corner again. Like he is, his speed in the half court is such a weapon, and they are not using it enough. And we've said this a bunch of times, but it's unfair to ask a twenty-one year old who was drafted twenty-one overall, um, who is now like who's point guard to start the year and now he's like kind of off guard but still runs second unit blah 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 uh it's unfair to ask him to do that much in a playoff series against a really good veteran miami team who by the way is going to get kyle lowry back probably in a game or two Mm -hmm. and he's you know one of the best defensive point guards of all time um but they need him to do it because they don't have much other uh many other options we will get to Toby, Danny Green, and of uh, of course, George Niang, right after we talk about Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. You want to sue Doc Rivers for starting DeAndre Jordan, even though he knows in his heart <laughs> is worse? You call Cornblow. What was the quote again? Say it again. What's that? We're going to keep, we're going to keep starting DeAndre, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah, 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 CJ will bring it up again. Well, well, I think it's, that's all the evidence you need is this Kai Carlin tweet is, is probably, uh, you probably bring it up in the lawsuit. Cornblow, Cornblow, like he's got a case. Yeah, he definitely has a case. He's certainly going to end up causing some personal injury to somebody with a <laughs> quote like that. Cornblow and Cornblow, the uh, premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley and official sponsors of the Ricky. Adam Cornblow is the guy that you're going to get and you're going to ask for when you call or you email Cornblow and Cornblow. That phone number is 215-576-7200. And the email is cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. The reason that you're going to reach out is twofold. First of all, because he's good at it and he cares, right? He has a, a true passion, as does everyone that works for Cornblow and Cornblow, about these sorts of cases and wants to win for you. The second is when you call or when you email, you're actually going to get him. A lot of these 
personal injury law firms you see advertised, they're really just referral services. You're not getting the person that you hear in the ad. You're not getting the person to see in the ad. With Cornblow and Cornblow, you are. This dude is legit. He has helped tons of our um, of our listeners so far, and he will help you if you're in a case like this. Look, as Cornblow says, if you're injured in some way, don't be a hero. Call Cornblow. If you're hurt, call Cornblow. Any sort of personal injury, medical malpractice, they have some of the biggest results in Southeastern PA, injured at work, slip and fall, uh, car accidents, all that kind of stuff. Cornblow and Cornblow. And if you just need legal advice for some non personal injury thing, he hooks all of our folks up. 215 576 7200. Ask for Adam. Email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. So, Toby played, Tobias Harris played well, but I'll add this caveat. Look, he competed on defense. He played hard. He uh, scored efficiently, all those things. But it's like one of those things that if Tobias Harris is having a game like this, gets that much of the offensive load, you just have this weird feeling that you're not going to win, like a meaningful game. That's a... I'm sorry, it's a shitty thing to say about a guy that had a really good game and has played well in the playoffs and he did all that he could, but there's just too much of his offense that is like two points and that's it. You know, like when it's on him, there's there's not a ton of fouling. There's not a ton of threes when it's on him. And uh, it's just like a recipe for not winning a game. But he played really well. He competed really hard on defense. And uh, I don't know that you can ask much more of him in a game like this. You know, he's, he's, uh, he is what he is he, and he played well. But he, when you're asking this much of Tobias Harris, I think you're in trouble. Yeah, I thought I, I definitely competed on defense. He definitely played hard and was physical and got his hands in there. He blocked the hell out of a hero jumper. That was cool. Um, I think he reverted a little bit offensively in this game. Toby time. And he hit the shot. To, to Toby time, yeah. yeah. I think he hit those shots, a lot of them. He was 10 of 14 on twos. Um, he hit those mid-range shots. He got to his mid-range spots whenever he wanted, like some of those in the middle of the floor, that's fine. He's not going to hit those all the time. They're going to play him tougher like that. I need him to be able to get off some threes. And he was, it said he was one of four. The box score says one of four from three, but I think a couple of them were like late in the game. I, he wasn't really taking many threes. Um I do love transition Toby, as I said last time, uh, pushing pushing off their press, pushing off makes, and he drew a, a, a block charge call on Max Drews. Um, they're going to keep post like just setting up shop in the in the lane and, and trying to draw a charge on him. Uh, so it was good that he at least is a little bit elusive there. But I, I need him. I need him to get threes off. I need him to be physical, and I need him to not be as loose with the ball as he is. One assist to three turnovers. Some of that was just they missed shots, but I need him to be like tougher with the ball in his hands. They like stripped it a couple times. They knocked it away. Like he's got to be more tough, like physical with the ball because Miami's good. They get their hands in there. Um, yeah, it was it was a good game. I mean, obviously, twenty seven points and eighteen shots in a playoff game against a good team. Like he he was m- much of their offense, but I'm a little bit worried that without Joel, we see some offensive reversion from our from our pal Toby people are killing Yang and like the thing is in the playoffs if he does not make three out of the seven threes like 
he, this is what this is what you get. I, I actually thought they had some good possessions with him in as the five defensive yep. possessions, actually, for yep. a guy who who is pretty exploitable on defense. Because um, it's I, not he's not it's Bam's not that good of a ball handler. Obviously, for a center, he's a good ball handler. But like, if if their offense is like Bam going one on one in the post, then like that's kind of I'm kind of fine with that. Right, even if right, it's right. Niang and he can be physical that way, and and Bam's going to get his points that way for sure. It's not going to be a, a, a unstoppable, but I, I, I agree that I don't, I don't mind it sometimes, especially if the alternative is, is, uh, is the worst player in basketball right now. <laughs> and you got to play him. You, you have to, people, you can't sit in Yang. you like, you, you just, they, they need his, his no. shooting. They, yeah. he's a, I there, think he's a, a positive player for them. So, I mean, there's just not many options on the bench to go to. And Niang has been an excellent shooter this year. O of seven is O of seven. Like, you know, I'm sure he wishes he made some, but like for the most part, those are good looks. You want him taking those shots. He was a plus six in 22 minutes, which I think a lot of it, some of it was garbage time, but they are help. He is, they have to account for him on the floor. He gets his shot off quicker than anybody else on the team uh, from a high release point off the catch. Um, and I think he's just helpful from like an energy standpoint, even though he's, you know, slow and kind of doughy. Um, he just has to hit shots. And for some shooters, like sometimes you don't. And it's a bummer. I thought Shake was also bad. I thought yeah. he was real bad. I don't think he did anything at all. Um, Danny, not a, not a great Danny. That, that no, not scoop Danny. layup, the finger roll. This, was of course, sweet. this was the game that the scoop layup goes in <laughs> off the drive. I'm like, I'm just, the, the sounds that I make when Danny has the ball and does stuff with it, it's, I wish I could bottle it up. But it's really... Yeah, I mean, good for him for hitting that. That earned him in his mind like 400 more scoop floaters <laughs> off the dribble. Like, that's, yeah. God, God help us. But the, uh, I think he's also helpful defensively. Like he, you know, he was a minus two in 26 minutes, and it's because he's just like, which seems impossible, by the way. Which because, seems impossible, but yeah. he was just like an actively helpful person on the defensive end. He just is. Like he isn't when he is out there. There is just even though he can get blown by his. Defensive IQ and hands and knocking things away and just getting in the muck sometimes. Good things happen defensively when, when Danny's around. Um, but yeah, I think like the team is just kind of starved for more guys who can hang defensively. And, you know, Matisse wasn't excellent tonight, especially offensively. Like he didn't, there was not much. He had the the bucket in transition off the off the B-ball Paul play, but not much else. Um and he got called for that bad foul call blocking Tyler Hero. Refs just like don't understand sometimes that he can like get to those balls. Um, and Doc is never going to use a challenge uh, unless it's like the last 45 seconds of the game. And in my mind, like he got all ball on that. And that's a situation where you can take three points off the board for the other team. And I would have used it. Especially um, with Hero, the, the free throw shooter that he is, you know, like it's automatic. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's three points. And I think like if, I think there's a mentality thing. If if they had seen, if they'd gone to the review and, see, and seen, oh, that's not a foul, then maybe he could have gotten to more balls like that. I just think like in a game like this, the odds of this going down to a last minute call that Doc gets to be like, ha, and this is why I saved my challenge. Like you just need, <laughs> you need to use it. You got to just get a, get a play right. Like you get one time a game to get a play right, to, to change something. And like that was one where he, he got all ball and you could have stopped three points and he didn't. And maybe it wouldn't have made a difference at all. But like 
there's something to be said for momentum and that would have stopped him and that would have felt like something. But I thought his hands and length were helping when he was in there. I think he draws, he drew one foul on, on defense just by pursuing hard and like around screens and stuff. Um, and I would like, you know, you talked about Niang at center, like Matisse is never going to be a center center, but in those lineups where there's not a traditional center center out there, I do think that they should have Matisse out there because the shooting is then less of a weakness also. Um, if it's like Harden, Maxi, Danny, Matisse, Niang, or uh, Tobias and Matisse, Niang or something, then you could, then you can spread them out and, and he can be cutting and rolling and all that stuff and, and wreaking havoc on the perimeter in the zone or something like that. But Did, they didn't, they didn't, I don't think he was out there for any non-center minutes. The one, the one uh, defensive thing I wish I th- as we saw more out of fi- Thibault is is fighting through screens. I feel like it's too easy for players like Hero, and you see it with guards a lot to get him caught on a screen and and you know and neutralize him. And I think it's one of the things that that prevents him from being as good an all ball an on ball defender as he probably can be. Is that he just one is a I think it's a body thing, it's a strength thing, but it's another thing is like sort of a a will and a, a, a strategy thing. And I, I don't think he does it enough. Um, yeah. Drew holiday is excellent at it and can like snake through and make his body small so he can get through. And it, and I agree with you. Sometimes Matisse can come from behind. I think, I think in some ways Matisse's length and the fact that he can get those recovery blocks from behind on jumpers or at the rim or whatever, make him feel like, well, I don't need to like go all out for this because I can come back, but I'd rather him just fight through and prevent some stuff from happening. The the last Danny thing I wanted to mention is Danny is is keeping up his podcasting as if he's not currently on the Sixers who are are playing. And in his podcast, first of all, he, he threw the doc under the bus, which was kind of funny. He said, um, uh, here's the entire quote. And I think that I just want to move on to Embiid and the chances that he, like when he gets back. So here's the full quote. We saw him on the plane after the game and he was holding his head. It seemed pretty severe. We didn't know how bad it was. There were no stitches. I saw a little scratch, but when it happened, he kind of wanted to go back in the game. We're like, Joel, you can't go back in the game. We subbed you out and challenged the replay. Mind you, we probably should have pulled the plug a little earlier, but I mean, it is what it is. We were waiting for Nick Nurse to throw a subs in first. It is what it is, like I said. He came out. It seemed like the adrenaline. He still wanted to play. But I think once it set in after the game, you could see in the locker room, he was holding his head a lot. He was kind of a little leery. His body seemed a little wary. On the plane, he was under the covers. They usually just play cards. On the bus, he kind of just laid down, covered his face. I think the lights were getting to him. Yeah. Uh, which which speaks to the, you know, is the one thing we, we haven't talked about that, we didn't talk about that much with the Embiid injury was the concussion part of it, which can linger. You know, there's, it doesn't seem like he'll need surgery or they would have said it already with the orbital bone, but the concussion part of it, him coming back from, this is the the only account we've heard of his actual response to the concussion. Cause he did do a TNT interview right afterwards. He seems sort of fine, but mm-hmm. staying away from light saying yeah. he seemed wobbly, like none of this is like, great stuff you know yeah concussions and and like a and migraines anybody those kinds of things if you're staying you're staying away from the light you're trying to stay away from sounds and stuff and yeah i just i fucking feel bad for him yeah i just feel bad it sucks i wonder do do you think you watch the game oh yeah you do yes a a billion percent i think you watch the game yeah do you think that if he went to doc and said take out deandre DeAndre (laughs) or Or uh, uh, I will get you fired. 
Do you think that Doc I, would listen? I think Doc wants would to be fired. Well if he would ask, if he would ask Pop that. Um, <laughs> God, he's so bad. I, I, tr- I truly, I would love to watch because I've watched. I would love to watch DeAndre Jordan play with Joel. I would love to be sitting on the sideline with Joel as Joel watches DeAndre play, because I think he, it would be enlightening. <laughs> If he could say what he thought, <laughs> I think he would be like this fucking guy. I think there will be say that about a lot of guys uh, defensively. Cause you know, when you're that good at defense and you watch somebody who just totally, totally sucks ass, it's hard to fathom how they could do that. But uh, yeah, he's horrendous. A um, couple other quick things before we get back to Joel game when he comes back. Yeah. Korkmaz. Nice that he got nine points in garbage time. He was their fourth leading scorer. He was is, feeling it a little bit. Maybe maybe it gets him back rolling a little bit. They they need somebody that, to get hot. That is a charitable and hopeful explanation, <laughs> and I appreciate you for it. Um, I don't buy it. I think that he was just like, I'm fucking going to do this. He's like, I'm not passing to fucking Isaiah Joe. I'm not going to throw a single fucking lob to Bassey. I'm getting up every single shot I can possible in these 10 minutes so people remember that I was here. Um, and definitely some Korkmaz PR person, his publicist is going to be like the fourth leading scorer in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, that's bleak. It's just tough to look at, but yeah, I mean, he had a nice cut earlier in the game on baseline. And I think like his shooting, even the idea of his shooting, like could leverage some, some stuff, but like he is just helpless on defense, especially in his own. Like you would think he'd be easier, but like his, his reaction time, his like quick burst, like quick twitch athleticism is so low that like he just can't contest anything and he's not physical enough to withstand anything. So at least like Tobias can and Tobias has better hands. Um, he just can't hold up. Like there's no good options for Doc. I get it. But like you wish that you wish that there could have been some like making guys playable out of nowhere that like other teams seem to get. And the Sixers just haven't, and they're and they're kind of hopeless. Like they're they're throwing. It almost out seems like Paul every in there. every team they play has players. You're like, why don't we have uh, one of those yeah. or two of those or yeah, you know? For sometime. sure. I mean, Duncan Robinson didn't play in this game. I, it's amazing. He's like been I didn't, supplanted by Max Struess. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Struess is a better defender for sure. Yeah. Um, and Caleb Martin on defense is like a way better athlete and physical, but. I didn't, unless there was some injury thing with Duncan Robinson, but um, yeah, like the Sixers could use somebody like that, uh, at least like with the movement shooting and, and that kind of thing. But Millsap also got in there. I think, I think it should be a B-ball Paul, Charles Bassey front court. And, and if you want to go to Millsap for like the, the idea, if you want to go like Millsap Matisse and go like, okay, Millsap, a little bit of girth inside and physicality and the idea of a stretch five, even though like he's far from that um, at this point in his career, at least he he could theoretically catch a ball from behind the three point line and then arrange his feet in such a way that he could then elevate off of them and take a jump shot from beyond the three point line. I could see that. I could see the defense maybe thinking about covering him at that point. That'd be nice. But I wouldn't play him unless Matisse is out there too. Um, and I I wouldn't play him unless like Bebo Paul, Charles Bassier in foul trouble. But Doc's going to keep starting DeAndre Jordan, even if I specifically tell him not to. <laughs> um, I think we need other people to continue to call or call your representatives and maybe stage a protest <laughs> or something. I wish that could do anything. 
Um, he's horrendous. He's God. He's awful. He's so bad. Really, really atrocious. Atrocious basketball. Final. Can't believe. Final, can't believe you could be a coach. Sorry. Can't believe you could be a coach and watch that stuff and be like, we're going to keep going to it. Because like the thing about coaches is that as much as they love veterans, as much as they want to hump veterans, as much as they want to bond about like what 1999 was like, like there is the, the idea of getting beat in the same way over and over again is torturous to them. And so they're just going to, it's amazing how much better. I think some of it is just like the relief other teams feel when DeAndre Jordan's on the court, they feel like, like in Mario Kart, like you get like a star and you, and you're indestructible. It feels like a little bit, you're like a star and you can just bang through things. You're just like, I'm going to make everything because DeAndre Jordan's on the court and he's covering me. Taylor hero hit like a tough fade away, like 16 footer with, with DeAndre, like bearing down on him. And he's probably just like, Oh, like this guy fucking sucks. So I have to make to me. Of course I'll make this. There's no way he's going to do anything about this. And so I think that, but like, it's amazing to me that doc as a coach, as like a, like short term thinking head coach, which, which most of them are, they're trying to think like play to play or play to play. And like the fact that he keep is willing to keep going back to this as, as doc, as he finishes, as he just like ruins things uh, defensively over and over and over again, just like absolutely tanking possessions, giving gift, like just a gift, gift offense to the other team. I mean, he's going to go to it whether I like it or not. So God bless him. Thanks doc. What a, what a treat. Congrats on all the wins. Last thing, uh, Embiid, I didn't, I only, I'm being honest, I only read the headline. Embiid apparently has, uh, has taken steps to being able to play for the uh, French uh, national team. Oh, really? I haven't seen this. Yeah. So two things. I hope that that's not true. Oh, it's, I think it's true. I well, mean, I hope I, he decides against it. Yeah. I guess more of the two, two things. First of all, I, I don't need you playing extra competitive basketball. No, thanks. It, it's your life. But second of all, if you're going to do it, the, the reason I would tell you to do it for the U.S. team is so you can become friends with those guys and get them right. to want to play here. Right. We don't need fucking no. Evan Fournier or... or no. Nick Batum would Nick probably Batum. start on this team right now. It would start Nick Batum at center for sure. Um, <laughs> Boris Diaw, I would probably start at center. I could probably cobble together a bunch of a bunch of guys on the French national team that would be better than DeAndre Jordan. Um, no, I think I think Joel, if they if they find a way to win game two, I said the other day when we did the emergency Embiid pod, I think he's going to come back for game four. I think four seems more right than than three. To be honest, yeah, I with think you. if they lose game two and he's feeling even in the world of okay, I think he comes back for game three. And it's dangerous because concussions and, and they're right. scary and maybe he's not going to be ready and all that stuff. But I think I, th- I would find it. I would find it difficult. I would find it. I'm guessing that Embiid's going to find it difficult to not play game three if they're down 0-2. If they're down 0-2, you go into game three at home. I think he's like, just let me get out there for like 24, 28 minutes or something. And then give us a shot to win that one and get some momentum going into game four because if he doesn't, if they win game two and then it's one, one going back home, I think he'll certainly take the extra couple days that the doctors are recommending. But I think that if, if he's down Oh two, I don't think he's going to risk the idea of like, well, if I'm definitely going to play game four, I'm not going to come in game four down Oh three and rush back because that's kind of pointless. 
So like I may as well rush back for game three and see if we can win one here. So I, I would really love to steal game two. This was again, this game one was the one to steal without Kyle Lowry with Miami not playing that well, but they shot six of 34 from three and DeAndre Jordan played 17 of the worst minutes anyone's ever seen in their life. So, so th- the report comes from uh, RMC Sport, which is a, a French news outlet. So I, I can't read it, but the translation per uh, Liberty Ballers, um, Embiid has initiated administrative procedures to obtain a French nationality to be able to play for the French national team. The report added that a stay in France would be planned by the end of June to finalize the file. And then he'd be able to play for France in 2024 as the Olympics are in Paris. We'll all be dead by then. So yeah, not really a worry. I plan on it for sure. John J. Jordan will have killed us all. All right. Next John game is Wednesday should, night. Should play for the French national team. I think he'd be great. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he'd have a blast. <laughs> Get out there, pal. We will... Uh, two rebounds. Two. In, in 17, 17 minutes? minutes. When and the other team had... had... Nine and 13, right? Bebo Paul had nine himself in 13 minutes. Yeah. So it's like there. four times is 400% the rebounds. Charles Bassey had two rebounds in eight in five minutes. I look, it's that's obviously not like statistically relevant, the idea of how many rebounds per minute or whatever, but the Sixers were crushed on the boards. And DeAndre Jordan was there for a lot of it, not getting rebounds. And what else in the world is he good at? <laughs> I've told you this before. I know you got to go to bed. I've told you the, but last thing, DeAndre Jordan, I went to a place in Malibu for might've been mother's day several years ago or Alyssa's mom's birthday or something. And at the, we were sitting outside by like the dock or something, some shit. And the host, the hostess was like, just be mindful. No pictures, please. There is a celebrity here. And we were, and Alyssa and I were like, okay, fucking celebrity. All right, who's it going to be? Like, let's find. I'm, we're we're in the business. Like, relax. And it's fucking DeAndre Jordan. And I'm like, the idea that I would take a fucking picture of DeAndre Jordan and be like, he's here. We got him. And it was like, what a pointless thing. Like, don't tell me I can't use my phone for DeAndre Jordan. I'm fucking texting someone else about how much he fucking sucks at his job. Ugh, brutal. Anyway. Wednesday night, do this again. Do this again. Well, they're going to start you, DeAndre, whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not, I'll text you what quarter I'm up to as I'm catching up, and you can just hide the truth from me, me that <laughs> this is a fru- fruitless <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> we'll talk if to you, you Wednesday night. Are you now a TTP? Yeah. Then I won't fuck with you. you know the if you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. With you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for plan B. 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 Time for plan